for Pastor Jim's reception. Amen. Open your Bibles if you don't mind. You have your Bible with you? Open your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. First Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 20. For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Father, I thank you for your word today. It is inspired. It is divine. And today, God, I believe that you have sent it with an assignment. It has destiny attached to it. And Lord, I pray that what you have intended your word to do, it would be done. Let it be embedded in our hearts and in our minds, God. Change us by the power of your word. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I'm so excited about today and the next six weeks. We have been working on a, a brand new series that we launch out today. It's entitled, Games People Play. My favorite game is Rainbow Six Vegas 2. My favorite game is Bad Piggies. My favorite game is Connect Four. Games people play. Night or day, they're just not matching what they should do. Everybody ready to play a little game today? Well, I've already given away what my favorite game growing up was, at least TV-wise. I love The Price is Right. I'm telling you, I'd be glued to that as a boy. Bob Barker and all his beauties. Y'all remember that? Amen. And uh, I, I long for one day to get to Hollywood, to get to California and have Bob Barker say, Steve Bland, or his, uh, his announcer, come on down. Oh, and I'd, I'd play it all the way through in my mind. I'd get up there and I'd win everything. I'd win the car. I'd win the trip. I'd win the dinette. I'd win the pool table. I'd just win it all. How many would just be honest today and you, you long for Bob Barker to call your name and say, come on down? Anybody ever been to The Price is Right? I've been twice. The first week that Karen and I got here, we were, we were just milling around on, on Hollywood Boulevard, and somebody said, I got free tickets to The Price is Right, and, well, that's all it took for me. I didn't care what we had to do. He said, this is a guarantee. You will get in, and you have just as good a chance as anybody else to get called up on the stage. So I thought, wow. And plus, I got God on my side. So I thought God was going to make sure that I got called up. Well, that didn't happen, but I, 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 anyway. And then Pastor Moses just recently got tickets, and, and Pastor Jim, Pastor Dave, Pastor Moses, and I, we all went 
And we thought for sure out of the four pastors, surely one of us is going to get called up on stage. Well, that didn't happen. But the lady in front of us got called up on stage. And so we decided we are going to get camera time, if nothing else. And so, you know, she comes up on stage. She actually won and got up on stage. So they always go back to the family members to, to find out what the bid is and to help her. So we're up with the family member, you know, like, like we're her family and making a fool of ourselves. But somebody in Indiana said, I think I saw you on The Price is Right. They Facebooked me and said, I think, I, yeah, you did see me on The Price is Right. So how many would like to play a little Price is Right today? We're not even going to play unless you want to play. If not, I'll just go to preaching. See, they won't even start the show until everybody in the audience gets fired up. So how many today want to play The Price is Right? Hey! Well, this is your lucky day. You have an opportunity to win a grand prize. I'm not going to give it away yet, but it's good and you will want it. But I'm going to introduce to you our announcer, Dusty Rhodes. How you doing, Dusty? I'm doing fantastic. You doing all right? I'm doing great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A great day in his you house. Having, you having fun? Oh, this has been a You great think day. it's okay to have fun in church? You know what? It's all right to have fun in church. I believe in having fun in church. And we are going to make someone's day in here. So could you draw out a few names and, and give four people the opportunity to win the prize of their I life? Be glad. China Cisneros, you're the first contestant here. The price is right. Come on down. See, you're supposed to run down the aisle like you lost your mind. Woo! All right. Floyd Waterfield, you're the next contestant here on The Price is Right. Come on down. Sue Hines, you're the next contestant here on The Price is Right. Come on down. Oh, we got one more in there, Dusty. Karen Blass, you're the next contestant on The Price is Right. Karen Blass. Karen? Is she working? Karen? She's, oh, you got to draw another one out. Sorry, Karen. Art Herrera, you're the next contestant. Come on down. On Art. the Price is Right. Come on Woo! down. Welcome our four wonderful contestants here. You've been, you've been selected at random, and now I want you to bid on an item, and whoever comes closest without going over, you win the chance to play a game. 
And so, would you welcome my lovely assistant, Candy Rapper, ladies and gentlemen, Candy Rapper, right over there. So here is the item that you're bidding on. Dusty, tell the people about it. It's the fast dealing property trading game where you can make a move, make a deal, and make a fortune. And for you cat lovers, they've added a cat to the new classic game. All right, so we have the Monopoly game. Art, what is your bid on this Monopoly game? 1350. Could you give me the red microphone, please? Art bids 1350. Let's use yellow. See, this is all live stuff, folks. <laughs> this isn't pre recorded like they do on TV. This is the live stuff right here. Art bids 1350 on this great game. Sue, what do you bid? Okay, she bids, her, her bid is, I have no idea. All right, what do you bid? One dollar. One dollar, let's go back to Sue. Thirteen fifty. I'll say ten. Ten dollars, one dollar, and Floyd bids? Fourteen ninety-five. Fourteen ninety-five. Let me see if I can get the contestants' bids. Up on the screen, thirteen fifty from Art. China bid a dollar. Floyd bid fourteen ninety-five, and Sue bid ten dollars. The actual retail price eleven ninety-seven. Sue. Sue Hines is the winner, ladies and gentlemen. Sue, you can pick up your game at the conclusion of our worship today. Sorry, folks, that we don't have any grand prize for you, but we don't want you to go, ahead, go home empty-handed. So, Dusty, tell the contestants that haven't won what they win. Those contestants not appearing on stage will receive a six-pack of Cornell toilet paper. Come on and give it up for these contestants as they find their seat. And Sue, I want you to stay right here. Come here. Come here. You're going to play this game with me. Ooh. Oh, I like this. And so what we have here, we have some prizes underneath this tablecloth. Candy, you're actually uh, not supposed to do that yet, remember? Candy Rapper, we call her CR for short, the W silent. It's a different kind of rapper anyway, but doesn't she look lovely, my lovely assistant here? Pull back the curtain here and show the people what they're going to be bidding on. Sue, this game is called the race game. And maybe you've seen, don't hurt yourself, Candy. Maybe, maybe you've seen this game played before, but... It's called the race game, and you will have 45 seconds to put the proper price with the prize. Each of these has a price, of course. We've got the prices over here. 
Each one of these actually matches one of the prizes. So why don't you describe these prizes for the people, Dusty? Got clogs? This plumber's helper is ready to unclog any problem. Hear the angels sing with every bite of Reverend Irma Weaver's jalapeno cheese microwave popcorn. Watch time fly by with this green rubber digital watch featuring not only standard, but military time. Too much kissing? Medicate your lips with Blistex medicated lip balm. It's got SFP, or excuse me, SPF 15. And, oh, I'm, <laughs> I forgot where I was at. Uh, where am I? Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, let, your, <laughs> let your kids dock, deck the halls literally with new Crayola Pipsqueak markers in 16 non-traditional colors. Okay, so here are the five prizes. Candy, if you'll show her the uh, prices. You've got a plunger, popcorn, you've got a watch, Blistex, and some markers. These are the five prices for these five prizes. You have 45 seconds to take up these prices and go and put them behind the proper prize. And when you are done, where's my... <laughs> you need to honk this horn. <laughs> so... <laughs> So sorry. When you <laughs> So you you have you have 45 seconds to go and place these price tags behind the prize that you think reflect this price. 45 seconds when you're done, come back and honk this horn and the clock will stop. We'll tell you how many you have right, and if you have time remaining, you can shuffle the, the prices, prices again. On your mark. By the way, everyone, you need to encourage her and help her tell her which price is right, okay? On your mark, get set, go! Come on, help her, everybody. Help her, help her, help her. The clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. Tell her, help her, help her. You gotta run back and honk the horn. That'll stop the clock. Okay, you have seven seconds left. And by the way, she's actually playing for a $25 Lucille's card, not too shabby. All right. So, Dusty, let's find something out today. Does Sue have all five items right? I'm happy to tell you, no. Oh. Dusty, does Sue have... Excuse me. <laughs>
Does Sue have four items right? No. Oh. Okay. Does she have three items right? Yes. Ooh. All right. So you have seven seconds. Three of these are right. Two are not. You have to determine which ones you want to shuffle around. On your mark, get set, go. Two seconds, two seconds, two seconds. Oh. Oh, no. So she didn't do any shuffling, so we know she has at least three right. That's right. So let's tell her which three that she has right. She has the watch correct. Oh. Now you can tell time and not be late to church. Oh, okay. She has the lip balm, correct? Well, Richard will be happy. You'll have kissable lips for Richard. <laughs> and she has the markers, correct? Well, so there you go. We thank you for playing today. And just because I love you, I'm going to give you this $25 gift certificate anyway. Come on and give it up for Sue Hines, ladies and gentlemen. Church, I want you to take the time over the next six weeks and invite people to church. People that think they have church all figured out, I'm telling you, they don't have church all figured out. And if you will invite them, I believe that they're going to enjoy themselves so much in God's house, and then the Holy Spirit is going to get into the hearts and really bring a challenge. Games people play. The price is right. But I wonder today, do we really even know the price? How can we say the price is right if we aren't fully aware of what the price is? Bring up our text again if you don't mind, Jackie. 1 Corinthians 6.20 For you were bought... At a price. You were bought at a price. And so glorify God in your body and in your spirit because they belong to God. I want to highlight two aspects of the price for the remainder of time that we have today. Two aspects of the price. And then you can determine if, in fact, you feel the price is right. Let's look closely at the price he paid. Jot down a few notes. I think they will be helpful to you. Number one, the price he paid. I'm talking about Jesus Christ when I say he right here. We're talking about God's only son, Lord of lords, King of kings, the price that Jesus paid. Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. 
who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Have you ever really thought about the great price that Jesus paid in order that we might be redeemed as we've sung about today, in order that we might be rescued from darkness? What price did Jesus pay? He willingly left heaven. Think about it. How many are part of our Wednesday study on, on Revelation? I want to see your hand if you've been a part of the study on... Isn't it an amazing study? This great book that's somewhat clouded and some, some find mysterious. We're going through this chapter by chapter and we're finding all kinds of wonderful insight. We recently took a stroll down heaven. I'm talking to you about a price that Jesus paid. He left heaven. Willingly, he left heaven. Heaven is a place of beauty beyond what any of us have ever seen, what any of us have ever experienced. The Bible speaks of streets that are as gold, walls like jasper or diamond, gates that are made of pearl. And we're talking about each gate, eight in total, each constructed from one pearl. How many would like to see that oyster? It's a place that we can't fully comprehend. The beauty. Jesus, let, part of the price that Jesus paid was leaving this great place, heaven, and all the beauty of heaven. Not only did he leave the beauty of, of heaven, he also left the position. He left in part the position that he held in heaven says he didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God he humbled himself and came as a man they didn't draw straws they didn't do rock paper scissors who's going down Jesus came willingly came that's a price that he paid this position he voluntarily laid aside his divine rights, privileges, and position out of love for his Father. Now, in saying this, please understand, I'm not saying that he wasn't God while he was on earth. I believe that Jesus was fully God and fully man. Don't try to figure that all out, but that's just how God did it. He was fully God, even though he was here, but he was also still fully man. What did he leave when he left heaven? He also left perfection because heaven is a place of perfection. No sin is allowed in heaven. Aren't you glad about that? Oh, oh, oh I can't hardly wait because there's going to there's gonna be a place that there's no more temptation on us. Anybody tempted this last week? I'm just telling you, when we get to heaven, Mitch, all that nonsense ends because it's a place of perfection. No sin, no sorrow, no tears in heaven. 
And he left that. That's part of the price that Jesus paid. He willingly left heaven. He willingly became a man. Common. Just like you. Just like me. Really nothing special to look at, I suppose. He certainly didn't come as you would think a king would come, did he? And he is, after all, the king of all kings. King over all the kings. And so you would think that he would be born maybe in the palace, in a castle. But where was he born? He was born in a stable and laid in a feeding trough. Oh, we've dressed it up over time so it, it sounds good in our carols away in a manger. A manger is a filthy feeding trough for animals. That's what it is. And this is how Jesus came. I'm talking to you just for a few minutes about a price that was paid. He wasn't even welcomed at the beginning of his life. No room. And this seems to have been the song sung throughout the ages for many. Still, no room. But for those of us who have seen the light, hallelujah, we've opened up the door of our hearts and we've said, come into this room. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today. Come in to stay. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Make room for him today. Don't be as those in the little town of Bethlehem that turned him away on the left and on the right and everywhere that he would go. No room, no room, no room. Make room for the king of kings in your heart today. What's the price that he paid? He came as a man in the form of a bondservant, our scripture says. The living Bible translates it like this, disguised as a slave. Wow. You see, Jesus didn't come for the grandeur. He didn't come for the position or the prestige, did he? What did Jesus come for? Jesus came to serve. He came disguised as a slave. Wow. In becoming a man... I bring some hope to you today. He was tempted just like we are tempted. I asked how many were tempted this week. And even if you didn't raise your hand, I know for a fact that you were tempted because that's just what the enemy does. There's no shame in saying that you were tempted. The guilt and the shame should come when we say, I gave in to the temptation. But see, you'll be tempted every day. That's how we grow. We recognize temptation, and then we learn to withstand temptation and fight against temptation. But see, Jesus was tempted just like you, just like me. Hebrews 4.15, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in all points, somebody say all points, in all points was tempted just as we are, yet the Bible says 
he was without sin. And so because Jesus was tempted in, in the areas of anger, let's say, in the areas of, of greed, in the areas of lust, and on and on the list goes, every area of temptation, Jesus was also tempted. That's why the scripture says, if you don't mind, bring that back up one more time. That's why the scripture says, he sympathizes with our weaknesses. He knows exactly what you're going through. And so you're, maybe you're here today and you say, it seems, Pastor, that I keep, I keep stumbling in this same area. You know what that is? That's your weakness. You know what happens in your weakness? Oh, I didn't even tell the first crowd this. I didn't even tell the first service this. This is bonus for you. You know what happens in your weakness? God's strength is perfected. In our weakness, His strength is made perfect. Sometimes we say, God, take the weakness away. God, I don't want to keep stumbling in this same area. God says, I'm not taking this away because I want to perfect my strength in you through that weakness. So we ought to just say, thank God for his strength in our time of weakness and ask that God's strength be perfected in our weakness instead of saying, God, take it away. Right? I'm talking to you about a price that he paid. He willingly left heaven. He willingly became a man. Number three, he willingly died on a cross. You say, well, no, 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 Pastor Steve. They, they took him. Remember the garden? Remember Judas? Remember the betrayal? Don't you remember, Pastor Steve? They took him by force. Well, no, 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 no. You see, that's all part of God's plan. They didn't take his life. Jesus said, I willingly lay down my life for you, for you, for you, for me. Think about that. They didn't take his life. He willingly died on the cross. Now, the death on the cross, you need to understand a few things. The death by cross was a death of humility. The Bible says that he humbled himself, right? So death on the cross was he, he humbled himself because, remember, he was still God, all God and all man. So because he had the power, he could have said, God, I want you to send the angels, my mother used to sing a song when I was a boy. Uh, it was called, uh, He Could Have Called 10,000 Angels. Anybody remember that song from way back? He could have called 10,000 angels, but he didn't do that. He just simply laid down his hands, humbled himself, and laid down his life. The death on, by cross was a death of humility. It was also a death of humiliation. They saved the death by cross for the most heinous 
of criminals, the worst of the worst. Think about the humiliation that Jesus endured. He was mocked. If you are truly the king, then come down. If you're truly God, come down. King of the Jews, they mockingly put at the head of the cross. He was mocked. He was ridiculed. He was spat upon. His beard was plucked from his face. He was wrongly accused. A death of humiliation. Death by cross is the most brutal it's a death of suffering and a death of sorrow. If you'll remember in the garden, the Bible says he cried what seemed like drops of blood. What was that all about? I believe it was, a, it was tears of sorrow. He wasn't crying for his own death. I believe that he was crying for me. He was crying for you. I believe he was agonizing and sorrowful for the sins of mankind, even those of us who hadn't even been born yet. Agony, the death on the cross, and suffering like we have never experienced. His, his suffering was so brutal, he was unrecognizable. I mean, can you imagine? They beat him unto the point of death. If they had given him another lash, they had this so perfected, they knew that one more lash would kill a man. And so they would beat him to the very last point that they possibly could and then back off and bring some relief. How cruel is that? I mean, if you're going to beat me to death, then beat me to death. But they beat him to the point of death and then they backed off. I'm talking to you about a price today. We're, we've had some fun with a game called The Price is Right. But I want to ask you, is truly, is the price right for you? The price that he paid. We've gathered around the Lord's table today and part, partaken of the bread and of the, of the cup, the body and the blood. It represents the price. The price that he paid, folks. But his willing death on the cross was a death of obedience. It was a step of obedience. Philippians 2.8, being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, death even by cross. He willingly died on the cross because that's the whole reason he came. You see, that is the price. That's the price that he paid. And I believe today that the price is right. And so I have decided that I'm going to follow him. But you see, there is a second aspect to the price that I must talk to you about in the last few moments that we have together. It's not enough that we, we discuss the price that he paid. How about the price that I have to pay? How about the price that you have to pay? The price, number two, that we pay. Because there is a price. Oh, make no mistake about it. If you think it's as simple as just coming to an altar and repeating a prayer after some bald-headed preacher, you are sadly mistaken today, sir. It's got to be more than just a sentence or two 
It's a lifestyle change. It's a mindset change. It's a heart change. And there is a price that we must pay as well. What is our price? 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver, like gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now this scripture here in First Peter, it reiterates his price. But before it gets to 18 and 19, Pastor Moses, let me back you up to verse number 14 of the same chapter because it talks about the price that we have to pay. What is our price? Number one, obedience. Obedience. This is tough. I'll be honest. It's tough being obedient. Bring up verse number 14 for us, Jackie. As obedient children. Somebody say obedient. obedient. Not conforming yourself to the former lust as in your ignorance. See, it's one thing to plead ignorance. I didn't know. That's what ignorance is. Unlearned. Unaware. I was ignorant. I didn't know. But when you find Jesus and you find the light and you begin to study the Word of God, there's no more excuses. Don't conduct yourself as the former, as the, you did in the former life, the, the, the before Christ era of your life. When you were ignorant, when you were unaware, but you've seen the light and, it, and the darkness has been dispelled, the darkness has been exposed. And so now you must walk in obedience as children of God. Isn't that interesting that he, he talks about uh, us being obedient as children? I've got three of them that I have to constantly, because I love them, keep them on, in line and on track. And sometimes they don't know really, or maybe they act like they don't know what my rules are. So I just rehearsed the rules. I had to rehearse some rules for Elliot yesterday. Elliot's 16. He's becoming a man right before my very eyes. Unbelievable. But he's not there yet. And I know he tells me all the time, Dad, you can't take me, but I'm going to tell him right here before God and everybody, I can take you. <laughs> but see, my, my, my children, sometimes we, we jockey a little bit for who's in control. They're trying to find their way. I want to help them find their way. I want them to make decisions but I want them to be good decisions. I want them to be godly decisions. And if they don't line up with what I think is right in my house, guess what? They're going to find a new house. No, I'm just telling you straight up. I've told all of them that. That's how Karen and I feel. I'm not saying I'm kicking them out. But I'm saying if they are in disobedience, 
As obedient children, bring that back up for us. I think we need to see it again. As obedient children, you are a son of God. You are a daughter of the Most High God. We ought to conduct ourselves as royalty. There's royal blood flowing through our veins now. The old man has died. The old person has died. And so our price is obedience. Number one. Doing what God wants, not what you want. Doing what God's word says and not what somebody else says. Not what the world says. Not what our media says. Come on, somebody. Because they say, if it feels good, they say, if it feels good, do it. Be careful adopting that motto. It might feel good today, but I don't know that it's going to feel good tomorrow. And this feel, if it feels good, do it motto, it does not line up with God's word. What's the next price that you pay? Number two, it's holiness. Obedience is number one on our price. Number two is holiness. Back to 1 Peter 1. Let me read on verses 15 and 16. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Come on, somebody. Say all your conduct. Be holy in all your conduct because it is written, Be holy for I am holy. Could I talk to you just for a few moments about holiness? A lot of churches have thrown it out the window. They don't talk about holiness anymore. But I believe if the Bible says we are to be holy, we better be talking about holiness. We better be teaching about holiness. We better be preaching about holiness. And we better be living a holy life. Now, unfortunately, some leave the, the word holiness up, up in the rafters too high to reach and unattainable. You better pull that thing down into your daily living because you're called to holiness, church. He said to be holy, and it would be cruel of God to call you to be something that you can't be, to call you to do something that you can't do. So if God said be holy, you can be holy. If God said to live a holy life, you can live a holy life. And in fact, we must. We must Live holy. What is holiness? Holiness equals righteousness. If you're taking notes, holiness equals righteousness. Write it down. You're saying, well, Pastor Steve, I've left that one up there too. I don't think I can live that either. Righteousness. Pull it down to your everyday living. Pull it down in your mind. Righteousness. You know what righteousness is? Shorten it. Come on. What is it, Mandy? Right. Just shorten it a little bit. Right. It's righteousness is right living. Righteousness is talking right and walking right. Gotta preach this down on the floor a little bit. Righteousness is acting right and reacting right. Somebody might cut you off. What are you going to do? You're going to cuss them out or you're going to act right? You're going to react right. 
righteousness. You know, the Bible says in, in Romans 12, verse number 1, do not be conformed to this world. But what happens next? But be transformed. Come on, somebody say transformed. Oh, I got to wrap this up. Be transformed, and how do we do that? By the renewing of your mind. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you today on how to practically live holy. Are you ready? We're going real deep. This is going to get real theological right here. You know what you do? You wake up in the morning. Write it down. And you say, God, help me do right today. Because it's not in you, in yourself. It's going to have to come from God. But see, Robert, he said, be holy. And so he knows you can be. And if you ask him, he will assist you in being that. So you say, God, help me to talk right today. Help me to walk right today. Help me to live right today. Help me to give right today. Help me to act right and to react right today. And you just walk that out. And all at once, you're ready for bed. And you found that you've lived right all day long. That's right, all day long. And you can just tuck that under your belt. I got one day down. One day of right living. You ready for this? You go to sleep. You wake up in the morning and you say, God, help me to live right. God, help me to give right. Help me to do right. And you just do that day after day after day. Holiness. What's the price that we pay? Number three, self-denial. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus is gathering some disciples around and he says this in verse number 34. When he called the people to himself and the disciples, he said, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Let's just stop there for a moment. The price that you pay is self-denial. Oh, but Pete, I want this. I want this. My flesh, myself, my human nature, the man in me, right? We can justify it all day long. I'm just a man, you know, and men are going to do what men do. And so our society has allowed this window for men, men to act out and act foolish. Women, you're not off the hook, so just hang on and buckle your seatbelt. I don't care if you're a man or if you're a woman. I'm telling you, the blood of Jesus is more powerful than that, and it covers. But we have to deny ourselves. If anyone wants to follow after Christ, he said, you've got to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. The fourth price that we pay is death. Remember, the only thing a cross is fashioned for is one, one thing, one reason.
that you make a cross, it's for dying. And so Jesus said, if you want to follow me, come on. He said, whoever desires, remember, whoever desires, because he knew some were, gonna, some were going to uh, uh, stop following at that point. He started talking about eating his body. He started talking about drinking his blood. And, and some of the people who thought he was pretty cool up to that point and feeding people with, with bread and, and multiplying fish and, and healing people and a blind eye, they were all about all that. But when you start talking about eating your body and drinking your blood, I'm out of here. And a lot of them left him. It's what the Bible tells us. So he says, whoever desires to follow me, come on. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and let's go. Why do we think we don't have to die? You do have to die. And there may come a day, I'll say this, when we may have to face the reality and the choice to actually literally die. There are those around the world who every week they give their lives for the cause of Christ. We don't think about it like that. We think it's figurative, don't we? Just dying to our flesh, dying to our own desires, and that's all part of it. But are you willing to actually lay your life down for the cause of Christ? I'm talking to you about a price today. The price he paid. The price that we pay. I want you to bow your heads. Pastor Moses, I want you to come. The Apostle Paul said, I die daily. Every day dying to your flesh so the spirit of God could live in you the price that Jesus paid willingly leaving heaven willingly becoming a man and willingly dying on the cross and so we say thank you for that Jesus thank you for the price that you paid come on somebody just help me for about 30 seconds just thank God for sending his son. Thank Jesus for his willingness to pay the price. But today, God, we fully recognize that there is a price for us. The price that we pay. Obedience to your word and to your will. Holiness walking right, talking right, doing right, denying ourselves, and yes, dying. If you're here today and you would say, I'm willing to pay the price to follow Jesus, I want you to stand up on your feet. You're willing to pay the price Hallelujah. Come on. I want every man, every woman, every student that's willing to pay the price. I want you up on your feet. Even though this may be difficult, I believe it's a price that we can pay and that we must pay.
We've made our decision today, God. You said whoever desires to follow you, deny himself, take up the cross, and follow. And so, Lord, our decision is made. We desire to be your disciples. And as obedient children, sons and daughters, God, help us. Come on and just lift one hand. I'm going to ask God to help us today. It's not easy, the price that we're called to pay. Obedience, holiness, self-denial, and death. You'll need the help of God. Reach up to him right now and say, God, help me. I, I, I am willing, Lord, but I, I know me. I know how stubborn I am. I know how selfish I, I am. I know how willful I can be. God, you've got to help me. Help me now, Lord. I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus no turning back no turning back and I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus no turning back no turning great word today. Uh, very encouraging so we can go out uh, throughout the week and live for Jesus in everything we do um, and in every part of our lives. Uh, remember to come back at 6 tonight for Pastor Jim's reception. Uh, bow your heads. That God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together, Lord. God, we thank you for the price that you paid. Lord, that even though we were the ones offending you, God, that you bore the harm and you sent your own son to die for us. God, we thank you, knowing that we could have never pray, paid that price ourselves. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the blood that you spilled. God, we ask that you'd be with us. In your name we pray. Amen.